All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, U.S. Open finals. Um, I have Hemin with me. Hemin, you want to say hello to our 15 million friends? Hello, 15 million friends. It's a pleasure to be here talking about the U.S. Open. Good okay. morning. So at this point, uh, Dominic Team and Daniel are playing. We're, we're just going to put those two on the side for now. What did you see, or how did you feel about, or what do you know about um, PCB and AZ match? Is that you're talking about Sverev and Karina Busta? Correct. Yes, yes. So I woke up. I woke up this morning just for my table tennis practice. Uh, I was. I normally don't go on my phone while I'm having breakfast or when I wake up. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I wake up, as soon as I woke up this morning, I knew that those. Tennis semi-finals are on, and I've got to be, I've got to be checking the scores. Um, I didn't get a live stream. I failed to get one. I don't have Foxtel because I'm mm-hmm. uh, at home. So, you know, I was following the result pretty carefully, and I thought, okay, well, Brenya Busta was two love up. He had his chances to win. It seems like mm-hmm. I didn't see the match, so I can't comment too much. But um, I definitely, I definitely think that Alex will be happy to make his first, first right. ever final. Right. Okay. Well, um, in saying that, we can talk about what's going on. So, Daniel and Dominic. Uh, 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 they are playing. What's your take? Yep. Oh, look, I'm, I'm trying to practice table tennis at the same time as checking the live score. And <laughs> I saw that Dominic won the first. Dominic won the first pretty comfortable six-two, uh, but he's probably what is he down to break now in the second set. So I don't know, man. I think it's going to be really tight. I think these two are. Daniel loves these courts. Dominic's been in three finals. They're both good at majors. So shit, I think this one's going to be really. Really, really tight. I think possibly three two either way, but right. I'm going team team. Okay. Now, as, as a table tennis player, and you said you watched uh, you know a bit of US Open here and there. Um, what did you pick up on when it comes to say strategies? All right. So I'm someone who loves to get loud for every single point that I win in a competition. So I'm trying to look at you know I'm trying to look at how the players develop because the sports are so different. Um, and I play tennis for fun. The, the sports are so different. Even if people think that tennis and table tennis have, have some sort of similarity, mm. there's no similarity at all. Mm. And um, what I'm trying to pick up is from the maturity that I've seen these guys grow. Like, for example, Dominic is, you know, he, he's controlling his emotions extremely well on the court. Um, I'll probably Dan, Daniel too, but I haven't seen as much as much of him. And, and I can really see how you know tennis is a long slog. Mm. So. If you're there screaming your nut off for every single point you win from love all, love all, you're going to burn out emotionally and mentally. You're going to burn out by the end. So I can really see how these guys are, um, you know, letting their emotions out but being selective about it. It's like this one, I won the point, great. I don't need to yell at the top of my lungs. Right. Then I'm going to yeah. move that's, on. That's a very um, good point. If this one I was really happy about winning, mm-hmm. I'll let it out. Right. Um, in relation, like this is a really good point because I think just yep. about all the sports – you know, um, you can tell a lot from, you know, your body language. Now, in, in your career and as, as a professional table tennis player, uh, how do you, one, hold your emotion? or And two, how did you read or how do you read uh, your opponent's body language in order to make it your advantage? Oh, it's a good question. Very good question. So I think I think it's hard. It's, it's, a, it's a really tough battle. It's a battle of two ends. Um, you know, apart from skill and who can perform better under pressure, it's a it's the first step is to acknowledge that feeling nervous and anxious about the match is a very very good thing. And I've seen that Sasha Bajin guy, who is mm-hmm. it, Osaka and 
your Strems's coach, he was saying, he was saying, hey, if you feel anxious, you should be happy about that. I totally agree with that statement because it means you care. You've got a you've got a purpose in the match. You've got a purpose in the sport. I mean, it's I think it's a necessity. Um, in terms of controlling your emotions, I think it is difficult because everyone wants to win in that sense. But again, you learn to do it as you start to get more and more experience. Just like anything, you you fail at things and you get better and better and better by mm. either failing and learning, and or you know succeeding and being like, hey, that that worked. Um, and what was the second question? Uh, how do you, uh, you know, uh, observe your opponents, uh, uh, the, the frustration, and how do you pick up on that and then make it to your advantage? Yeah, so the, you know, as you can as you can tell in life, you can always tell a lot from someone's body language. You know, if if someone's standing up and looking you in the eyes, you feel you can feel quite intimidated. <laughs> so you know, you can definitely use that to some sort of extent. Um, you know, whether you're bluffing or not, or you're being real about it, you can, you know, definitely stand stand up with your shoulders back straight, looking at your opponent, and, and really letting your your energy out. That can definitely have a positive effect. Whereas the guy, the guy who's got his chin down, shoulders forward, you can you might be able to tell that he's probably a little scared, and you can definitely, um, you know, be a little more aggressive that way in terms of your game, how you play, and put him under more and more pressure. Mm, okay. Now, um, let's go back to your junior days. Now, we all, well, most of the tennis players, you know, junior days is all about, all about development. And uh, I would say frustration was were part of it. Now, uh, what were some of the interesting frustration stories that you want to share with us? Is it bats broken? And I mean, I myself as a, as a semi-amateur table tennis player growing up playing a lot of table tennis in Albert Park, I don't know how many yeah. balls I stepped on intentionally or accidentally, but that's another story. But what are some of the frustration things that you want to share to, to our listeners, you know, or, or table tennis, um, you know, listeners that you are just a human? Oh, my junior days, that's going to go back like 30 years. Um, <laughs> I think, look, I think everyone has, when you're a junior, you don't control your emotions as well. So I think more things like arguing with umpires and kicking the table and smashing your bat on the table or, or breaking your bat in half, it happens a lot more. Um, you know, I've had moments where where I've, uh, national championships is where every, every Australian player wants to win that one. Mm. And, you know, I've lost the match and just throwing my bat about 15 metres and I'm, I'm guilty of those things for sure. I think, um, you know, as, as a role model, though, as you become older and older, it's it does become less and less acceptable because you become a role model and, and you know, you have kids looking up to you. You just got to um, keep a bit of a lid on it. But, um, yeah, one, one time I nearly, you know, I qualified for a Grand Slam, my first ever Men's World Cup. It's like the equivalent of the table tennis version of the US Open. Mm-hmm. I qualified for it and it was the first time I've ever you know, started in the main rounds for that one and, and you know, it was a big paycheck. So I thought, I really don't want to miss this. It's my first one. I've worked so hard to qualify. Two months before the tournament, I abused the the tournament directors and all that. And then, you know, a week later, they, they cut my prize money from that tournament. And I was really, it was a time of worry. I was really worried that I'd missed the Grand Slam because of that. Wow. That's probably the, the one that stands out the most. Wow. Jeez. Well, well that's thanks for sharing because, I mean... We, we look at Novak's incident, you know, that's how, how much that cost him, you know, like, um, you know, just 
it's a, it's a lifelong reputation, you know. And we, in the world these days, you know, people can always go back to those videos, you know, even the ones that uh, using a racket that misses the the linesman uh, at uh, I think it was French Open or, or one of the clay tournament, you know, in 2016. So it'll come back to haunt you. But I think that you as a as a role model and also great sportsman, you 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 open up and say, hey, you know what, I screwed up and I'm human. And it, it's okay. But again, you don't want it to encourage the next generation to do it. So credits to you. And and I, I'd say in in, um, in all these uh, times where a lot of listeners we have, I mean, I think we're well over 25,000 times by the time this uh, is aired, is that um, it's okay to feel frustrated. But the thing is, you're just going to respect the staff, the boundary, you know, why you love the sport that sport has given you. Now, if I may... Coming back to what we started about the finals, you as a competitor and or a player playing towards the final, whether it's a junior final or a national final or a state final, what are the, some of the butterflies you have the night before? <laughs> no, so I totally agree with everything you said before. Um, mm. In terms of in terms of a final, a junior final, you know, whether it's the US, I, I wouldn't be able to understand exactly what you know teams very even ever have a feeling. But in terms of finals, yeah, definitely. I think I think everyone gets really nervous. Me, me, probably more than slightly more than the average guy because I'm so I'm a very emotional character, mm. and um, you know that that often means that often means when I was less educated about how to sleep, um, that often meant sleepless nights before the tournament. The day before, I would come in with zero sleep and play. But the funny thing is, I'd be totally fine because of all the adrenaline carrying me through. Mm. Um, and that started since I was a 13 year old, 12 year old boy trying to win the under 30 Australian Nationals, when at the time I thought, okay, this is the most important match ever. You know, when you're young and you don't realise that, hey, you've got a million more opportunities coming. Um, and, and that happens to today if I try to qualify for the Olympics, if I play, try to qualify for a Grand Slam, if I try to, um, if I'm playing a national semi-final, final, that, that night before it is, a, is an uneasy night, unsettling for the stomach and it's just yeah, uncomfortable uncomfortable times that you have to try and battle through. Right. Right. Wow. So, um, do you, okay. So you, you would have all, all the coaches in the world will always say this. And I think the universally, they always say, you know, keep it short, simple. So, um, so if, if you have to simplify the way you go about, let's say playing the finals, you know, in a few hours time, uh, what are the, some of the things you do, uh, or, or think about, in order for you to routinely do what you do best throughout the tournament into the final. So in other words, you could listen to music or you think, are there other uh, similar patterns you do um, in every match? There are, there are. I'm quite, um, I'm quite superstitious myself, very, very superstitious. <laughs> so for me, it's a very uh, stuck program, which I'm trying to be more relaxed about it. But you know, as, as I start to experience more, I feel like people will change. When I was a kid, I would love to socialize before playing a big match, love to talk to my friends and feel more relaxed. As I started to get older and, you know, you get influenced by people around you as well. When I started playing internationally, I started seeing how focused some other top European and Asian players were. Mm-hmm. And I try to copy that. And that works for me quite well. Um, and as the years go on, and pe- people, think that, people think that you get less and less nervous as you become older. But I tend to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. As, as I get older and older and... You know, uh, as the expectations start to get higher and higher, and that that means more pressure. Essentially, pressure is the the expectations you have. Um, and in terms of keeping it simple, I, I 100% agree. Just want to 
stick to my routine, get to, you know, listen to music, do the stretch, do the warm-ups, warm-ups that I do before a match, and then jump out there and know my opponent and, you know, keep the tactics very simple. Ideally, in your training, you, you want to have developed all the skills and not kept it simple. In other words, like try to grow yourself as much as possible. Then when it comes to the match, that's not a time you can improve. That's a time where you want to execute. So you just want to keep it laser-like focus and just simple as, as hell. How often do you meditate or visualize the next step? I never meditate. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm missing out on something, but I never, ever meditate. I, I generally... Um, I read books before bed. I don't know if that's some sort of meditation, but I never do all that sort of stuff. I don't have... Yeah, I haven't really stepped out of stepped stepped into that realm realm of world. Mm. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, um, with your social media, uh, I've seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no, we have a touch on on, on, on women's final, if that's will. Uh, so Azarenka, so Azarenka and Osaka. Uh, what's your take leading to it? So, uh, for those who don't know, Azarenka, a mother, um, she was few uh, Grand Slam uh, finalist as well as a champion. Osaka also, but she's very, very young in her early 20s. So, um, what's your take so far on the US Open? And, uh, yeah. Oh, I think this one could be a really close one. I really think, so I watched, I did watch the last part of Azarenka and Williams yesterday, and I really thought Azarenka was better than, better than her, her, young, no, her young 20s, better than her days back then. Um, she's still very young, but now being a mum, I thought she she's done she's done really well to come back and and be better than before. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think it's going to be close. I, I would slightly put Osaka as the favourite, mm-hmm. um, but you never know. Best of three, huge pressure, big stage. Um, I, I would have said sixty forty before this tournament if you told me these two were going to be in the final. Mm-hmm. But now I'm leaning towards fifty five forty five. Right. Uh, what what are there any winning um, are there any winning factors? Are we talking um, crafty? Are we talking service game? Are we talking uh, drop shots? Are we talking uh, longer rallies? I'm going. I'm going Osaka just because she's she's won more Grand Slams. I don't know if that you know I could be wrong. I don't mm-hmm. know if that contributes more of a factor. But I guess as a ranker, just being stable um, and Osaka going for being really aggressive and a really aggressive baseliner. I feel like under pressure when both sides are quite tense and trying to keep the ball in that extra aggression that she's naturally got. It's going to help her win the big points. Mm. My feeling. Right. Okay. Well, I hope you're right. We, we can always uh, come back to the, the this. this I am point. going for Vicka though. <laughs> I'm going for Azarenka because I really, uh, really liked her since I was, since I was a kid. Right. Okay. <laughs> now, um, I have a table tennis table, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's collecting dust in my garage. All I had to do is put my cars out, and I have a very decent Olympic size or standard table. Um. And I know you have something for everyone with a table. Uh, what's it called and what does it do? A table. Uh, uh, the robot yeah, you're the, talking you, about. You've got a machine. That, That's right. Yes. And what is, what, what is it and uh, what does it do and what's it called? So I've got a, you know, I've got a PowerPong 5000 robot, a table tennis robot. So it's one that you attach to one side of your net and during these lockdowns, um, you know, we're stuck at home for the majority. Mm. Most for some, for most people, you're stuck at home all the time. But uh, fortunately, I'm able to practice with the, the national squad a few times a week. Um, other times, I'm using the robot to to do my own work, to return serve, to play exercises, and basically, the robot 
is for any level table tennis player. You can buy one of these machines, attach it to one side of your table, and on your phone you control you control what the robot gives you. If it gives you backspin, topspin, three balls in a row, three balls anywhere, one short, one long, you dictate. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much like a an essential a machine practice partner. Wow. Now, for someone who's coming back and playing table tennis, um, can you slow down the speed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did say it was for everybody. So you can you can put the spin up to from from zero to seven. You can put the speed from zero to twenty three. Mm-hmm. So I think it's twenty five or twenty three. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, you can you can put it at different mm-hmm. all different speeds and spins. So it does it works for everybody. Okay. Now, i got a little personal story to tell and see if you can help me with this, right? So, I remember... Okay, shout out to Killside Tennis. Um, no, no, sorry, sorry. Killside Table Tennis. Uh, I, was, I was growing up playing there. I remember every time I watched the table tennis and I watched the basketball and, uh, you know, just... I think that's... I don't know. I haven't been there for many, many years now. But I... I've, and I forgot my co- who, uh, what my coach said to me. Oh, who my coach was. And uh, basically, he said... Um, I used to like slice. When I was 10, 11, I used to like slice. And I like to put slice as a, a semi-offensive and semi-defense kind of shot. So I play safe, and I'm trying to create um, errors for my opponent. And uh, basically what he said was, if you're going to get a consistent slice, make sure you stand in front of the ball. So I'm right-handed. So stand in front of the ball and move your body and make sure your chin is right under uh, your your bat is right under your chin and make sure the ball goes as close to you as possible and you just push the ball and making sure the ball uh, your bat is right under the ball and sort of slice but then push and execute that so instead of just moving your arm you know outside your body make sure you move your body make sure the ball is in front of you when you execute that slice now What's your take, or do you have any other tips? I agree with the I agree with the part where he says get under the ball because yep. essentially, like tennis, right? If you go for a big back, backhand slice, you need to get under the ball. So, mm-hmm. imagining that the ball's a clock, you need to hit at six o'clock under the ball and get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with the yes. Tennis and table tennis are so different that way. Where tennis, you go for a backhand, right? You got your you got your right hand, the right leg in front of your left, substantially, like dramatically in front of your left, mm-hmm. especially if you're a one-hander. Mm-hmm. Um, in table tennis, it's completely different. Your left foot is slightly in front of your right, and you're in that forward motion because you just don't have the time to, to be going back and twisting. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the chin is where I disagree. In terms of the your bat being below your chin, I agree with the concept. I don't agree with having to do that mm-hmm. um, because, you know, ultimately all you got to do is get low, get low to the table height, ideally, and then cut through the ball. Ah, um, okay. You know, but everything, everything else I agree with. No wonder I didn't make nationals. <laughs> that's it, that's it, man. Get, and don't get the sports mixed as well, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, w- I want to thank you. So, look, uh, if you're listening, I will get Hemin's um, uh, 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 links and also all the socials um, uh, in, in, in the convo. And also feel free to ask him any table tennis questions or also support him by, you know, um, all, all, all his sponsors. Now, there is one thing that Hemin, I mean, I, I can't really remember what um, when we last spoke. Uh, I, I remember uh, this is, look. If, if you, for those who don't know, um, I've been doing one combo every single day. So the I think yesterday I hit 154. 154 uh, it's a, yeah, so it's a one combo every single day. And uh, I don't know what 
episode we were on, I think it was probably in the in the thirties or twenties or something like that. But I did say to ask you that um, feel free to show me a a video of your serving, and then I ask the tennis community to give you tips. Now I did have um, some of them, and back of my mind, I actually got my notes. Um, so there were two of them. If if you can just sort of take that into your next time you you go into your your, your tennis uh, tennis. Uh, exercises so one is uh, when, when, you, when you send when you show me the a video of your serving there is a, a stance called arabesque so which is kind of like a, a ballerina sort of a, a a stance where you lean forward and you serve you follow through but the back back leg so in this case if you're serving let's see if you're serving that would be your right hand a uh, right leg that makes sure you kick it uh, back as much possible so it allows your upper body to lean forward to uh to into the court more so so arabesque means like um it's kind of like a ballerina kind of kind of stand so feel free to look it up so on the side it looks like a a, a cross like a 10 in chinese so that's like, yeah, yeah yeah so that it helps you with leaning forward okay and another thing is probably the ball toss um some players say your ball toss is a little bit closer to your body so it's probably the one and two leaning towards somewhere between you know um 50 centimeters at one o'clock or 130 direction so that helps you with the full execution um on on getting the ball um into the service box so that's just the two general uh tips so hope that helps <laughs> yeah yeah no, awesome i appreciate that yeah. so what, one question with that when i do like I, i've been told at my local club at danny dong that he, my coach wants me to get the ball tossed more towards one o'clock rather mm-hmm. than 11 o'clock Mm-hmm. Um, well, in terms of when I toss it up, is my back supposed to arch backwards, uh, or am I just supposed to knee bend? So I'm often, I've, I've got conflicting advice between the two. Okay, so um, my my take is I've seen the video. My take usually tennis players don't bend their upper body in general. You're usually what they do is they just bend their knees. So it does look like you know leaning back as such. Now, um, one, one universal fact is I can tell you is that. Um, our body is not designed for tennis. And you can quote me on that. Our body is not designed for tennis. So a lot of rotation, a lot of movement, um, we, we tend to try to compensate in the sense that what's more efficient and what is more, uh, what's the maximum output that we can get with using other, other, other joints. So yes, if you're going to throw uh, 11 o'clock for your second serve, you probably want to bend your knees more in order to get that acceleration from the from the bottom to the top, uh, that get that get that spin. We rarely have to bend it, you know, as a what's the, what's that exercise called? Limbo. Yeah, we rarely have to do that limbo exercises in order because just think about if you're going to serve like that kind of limbo exercise, and what's going to happen when you get into the you know serving into the court? You're going to be you know uh, in balance. So when, 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 and plus, second serve is usually slower, and your opponent puts the ball back straight away, whether it's your cross court or down the line, you're going to have difficulty, you know, returning it. So tennis won't, tennis is always designed for the second shot. Always designed for the second shot. So you probably don't want to overthink or overcompensate by, you know, bending your back as such, but more like leaning forward and then bend your knees a little bit more. So that's, that's my little advice. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. <laughs> now, Thanks, um, la- last but not least, Hemin, um, if if I can, I can. I want to let my tennis community get to know you. Two little things, if that's well, uh, because it divided the world in half. I'm not sure you you took the poll yet, but uh, or you took the poll before. But um, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? 
I'm in the middle. I don't care if it's on or not. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, another one is, uh, are you a coffee drinker? I am. I'm a coffee drinker okay. every single day. So you've been probably been to many different places. Um, what city has the best coffee? I would say Italy, but I haven't been there. That's the funny thing. <laughs> I want to try Italian coffee. Right. After this lockdown. Okay. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say Melbourne, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not lie to ourselves. <laughs> now, um, bef- uh, just before I go, um, I noticed that you got invited to a, a what do you call it, a world international, um, I guess, invitation sort of a competition. Um, how are you preparing for this and uh, what are some of the expectations that you want to get out of? All right, so I've I've been invited to the Men's World Cup, which is, you know, our third Grand Slam. We've got three Grand Slams and that's our third one. Mm -hmm. So it's like like the US Open of tennis or the Aussie Open, whichever one you classify as number three in Mm -hmm. terms of, you know, Wimbledon being one, let's be honest, Roland Garros being four. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the, so I, I am the lowest ranked player, but, you know, Everyone is good out there when, when the pressure hits. I want to cause some damage and get some wins, get some wins and um, play some good matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be a lot of good players out there. It's, it is a grand slam, so um, it's going to be in China now. I've got moved from Germany to China. So mm-hmm. my plan is that my first important thing is to not catch the virus while I go away, yep. uh, fly safe, not mm-hmm. get stuck in China somehow. So mm-hmm. it's not 100% confirmed that I'll be going. We have to get government support and um, in terms of my preparation, we're hitting the national team is playing together. So right. um, I, I'm lucky to have that during when Melbourne's in severe lockdown. But, you know, other than that, yeah, just go out there and try to get some wins under my belt, make mm-hmm. it as far as I can. Right. I saw a couple of um, barbells and, and weights and all that, you know, in, a, in your garage. That um, uh, How are you preparing for the fitness? Are you trying to just um, stabilize uh, the shoulders and, and, and the joints and then keeping yourself um, lactic as well as aerobic um, fitness. So I've got yeah, I've got a new squat rack, all these different weights, and uh, I'm going to build on my bodybuilding career, become the biggest guy you'll ever see. <laughs> no, 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 seriously though, seriously though, I've got, I've just accepted that lockdown is going to happen for for quite some time, mm-hmm. or even if it doesn't, you can always be back in lockdown um, with a with a socialist government. You never know, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah. My brother's a personal trainer, one of the best personal trainers in the country, mm-hmm. and um, he's written up a program for me to, that suits my table tennis and, and helps me get that extra 3 4%, and, and he does all the programs for me, which is great, because I just don't even have to think about it except do it. Right. Okay. Right. Okay, well, best of luck, and um, for those listening, uh, do follow uh, Heming on, on his socials. Uh, thanks for listening on Spotify and, and CastBox. And then until then, let's uh, wish we all enjoy the rest of US Open and perhaps leading to to um, to, to French Open. Uh, thank you guys all for listening and support. So my name is Tom. Take care and good luck. And bye-bye. All right, guys. Stay safe and take care. Okay. Thanks, Hemi. Thank you, Tom.